This is DDS. From the DDS studios, we are your hosts, Blake Melton and Bradley Newberry. Matthew Parker, well, we gave him the day off, but we have his picks in hand. Newberry, we got another ACC prediction show, this time the Atlantic Division. Atlantic. There's some big dogs in the Atlantic we're going to talk about today. Absolutely, absolutely. We all know who they are, but we'll get into them here in just a second. Before we do, guys, down below, it's quick, it's free, it's easy. Really helps us out. Hit the like and subscribe button there on YouTube. Hit the Rumble button on Rumble. Go ahead and check us out on all of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at DDS Sports Talk. And you can catch all the audio versions of all these podcasts on your favorite podcasting platform. Newberry, what do you think this year in the Atlantic Division? It's going to be competitive. Yeah. I think they're going to beat the hell out of the Coastal Division for the most part. <laughs> I think you're probably right. But I think it's going to be pretty uh, top-heavy here. Um, you'll see in our predictions later, but the, we'll get started here with Boston College. Yep. Boston College last year, 6-6, six and 2-6 six, and six in ACC play. Coach Jeff Halfley is bringing back uh, the highly touted quarterback prospect, Phil Jerkovic, the highest QB prospect since the days of Matt Ryan, who was entering our AFC South. Yeah, it's um, you mentioned uh, the highly touted quarterback there, Phil Jerkovic, um, but they lost their OC as well um so i don't know what that's going to do to their offense um i think they got some guys on the offensive front that that have also left um it's going to be interesting you know i i guess they had a respectable year six and six last year kind of kind of milk toast will they be able to take that step forward again because uh, with the offensive linemen that are that are leaving do you know how many are leaving? I mean, it's a couple, right? Let's count them. One, two, three, four, all five. All five so, starters on the line are being replaced. This is the second so far of all the ACC schools where we've had a very high-level quarterback in place that can produce numbers but the question that, that's is having O-line. a complete turnover on the O-line. That's a big deal. It can wreck. It can wreck a game. It can wreck a season. Yeah, I mean, now you don't. There's question marks now with the running game. I mean, they've got weapons on offense, but without a uh, cohesive unit up front, you know, it's kind of hard to really say: Are they going to be able to take a step forward, or is this going to be a year where they regress a little bit? I mean, I, I again, they got the guy at quarterback that I think can get the job done, but can they keep him upright and healthy? They've got the guy running back. They've got the guy wide receiver, Zay Flowers. Their yeah. running back had over a thousand yards. Pat Garwo the third. Yeah. They've got the skill players. But I'm telling you, man, this it scares the shit out of me whenever you're talking about lack of cohesion at offensive line and defensive yep. line. The lines are so important. We've talked about how it's not a sexy position, but and it allows there's a the reason, other guys to be sexy. Yeah, there's a reason all those NFL linemen get paid tons of money, you know, because they understand how important it is. It's going to be interesting this year. I um, I think the first four weeks tell the story. 
Can you tell share the people what the first four weeks so, are? So starting off, they go to Ruck or they're excuse me, Rutgers at home, then they go to Virginia Tech, then they have Maine at home, and then they go to Florida State. All right. So those two road games are huge swing games. Yeah, they are. At For me, Blacksburg and at Florida State. I think if they can come out of out of that four game stretch three and one or better. That it's got the makings to, to you're going to know a lot about that team after those first four games, possibly after even the first five games. Because I, I mean, Louisville, I don't think Louisville's any slouch this year. When I went through doing the win loss, win loss game by game, just like before, it scares me whenever I don't have the for sure confidence in either one of the lines and. I know that they have the offensive makeup that they can do it. Can their line hold up? Can their line pass protect to allow for the quarterback and Zay Flowers to do their thing? Can the line run block? No one knows. For back-to-back 1,000-yard years. No one knows. From Pat. Uh, Parker has a write-up. Oh, boy. I can't wait to hear this one. Parker has sent us a write-up about Boston College. He says, a lot depends on their quarterback. He had numerous injuries last year. Oh, can we keep him healthy? Can the O line keep him healthy? Nobody knows. Nope. I mean, what we're talking new. about here. I mean, yeah. They have a new offensive coordinator that is well thought of. However, they have to replace almost everyone on the O line, which we mentioned about, including Zion Johnson, who mm-hmm. went to the NFL. Mm-hmm. The biggest issue that Parker has identified other than the O-line or lack thereof is uh, the scheduling doesn't favor them, doesn't give them much of any breaks. Parker goes six and six, bowl eligible. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that they're going to go seven and five. I think they're going to take a baby step forward. I'm going to hope that they're able to get some stuff done on the offensive line. Maybe Maybe the cupboard's not too bare. That's the only thing that I can hope for there because, again, this is the second team in the ACC so far that we've talked about that has got the quarterback, but they there's question marks as to how their offensive line is going to be able to hold them up. They've got the skill positions. Offensive line scares me. I, I go back and forth, back and forth. So that's where I had to put them. I had to put them at 6-6 six and six and bowl eligible for Boston College. There you go. Moving on to Syracuse. The Cues. Last year, they were 5-7, and 2-6 and six in ACC play. Old Dino Babbers. This is year seven for Coach. It's either bowl or bust time. You know, shit or get off the pot there in Syracuse. Yep. Does anything uh, stand out in your research? Uh, you know, they got a really good running back. They've got a good running back. Um but the coach he's an all-American running back. Let's yeah. he earned it. Let's, wanna, let's call it out. Yeah, I don't want to understate it. I mean, <laughs> he had over 14. What was it? Garrett Schrader to make sure he call him out, right? Yeah. Uh 1,400 rushing yards. You know, I mean, uh, it, unbelievably well, that's the productive. He runs too. So, <laughs> the the running back Sorry. is old Sean. Looking Tucker. at the wrong Sean Tucker. <laughs> but looking both at of the wrong run the rock. Both right. of them have 1,400 rushing yards, too. Jeez. So, I mean, you're looking at that. I mean, they're going to give some teams fits. They really will. Um, but I, I just don't have very much confidence that they'll be able to reproduce that year in and year out. 
it's uh, Syracuse. They they had to overhaul their staff in my research. This is coach knowing and identifying that it's it it is a bowler bust type year. Yep, You're pulling out all the strings here. You know, there's no reason to hold back. Let's turn it over as best we can. He knows about their dual threat quarterback. Yep. He wishes that he had a little bit more pass production there, but why not? This is college football. Take the wheels. Get yep. some runs from your quarterback. You've got you've got your All-American Sean Tucker there. They both combined for over 2200 yards and 26 touchdowns. Statistically though in my research I found it is one of the worst. I mean almost putrid last passing attacks their offensive line also cannot pass protect to make it even even better yeah it's not even really feasible for them they were 121st in college football last year unbelievably bad i want to correct myself garrett trader did not have 1400 yards rushing he had 1400 yards passing he had 781 yards rushing want to make sure i correct myself there i got got my stacks my stats stacked on top of each other over here but yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and start us off here. Syracuse, they've unfortunately, I think that they're way they're wasting the fact that they have a, a, a running back like Sean Tucker for the, for another year. I think they're going five and seven. No bowl eligibility here this year. So you're looking at a repeat. I am looking at their schedule and knowing that they're let's just call it what it is, pretty much one dimensional. Yeah. You've got two dimensions to your one dimension, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've I, got them coming out five and oh. But oh no. And then they lose they everything. Lose out. I'm going Syracuse four and eight. You actually take a step back. I think coach has got to go at, yep. if he does go four and eight. Uh Parker picks four and eight as well. So none of the three of us have them in a bowl game. Nope. Sorry, Syracuse. So sorry. Moving on to Tallahassee. Going to the state of Florida. Oh, boy. Florida State. Last year, they finished five and seven. Four and four in ACC play. Coach Mike Norvell. He has earned an eight and 13 record. But it doesn't really feel like he's on the hot seat, Blake. You know, it doesn't. It was weird last year when they had that 0-4 start. Everybody kind of, like, was freaking out and all that. But, you know, they're they're returning 15 starters this year. Um, but I, I wonder still if they're going to struggle to kind of get over the hump in this division. It's kind of a little bit tougher division as opposed to the, the Coastal Division. Um, and you know at FSU, they have high expectations – the fan base will only tolerate it for so long, I think. Will he survive another mediocre year? That's my question. I mean, to me, doing the research, it seems like this is not a bowler bust year. No, I don't think like so. Like it is for I, the Syracuse coach. But it, it to me, it just feels like the fan base is going to start getting antsy. That's my only concern. Yeah, I mean, they, they want to win the state of Florida. Yeah, I mean, you've got the big three down there. You've got the Florida Gators and Miami Hurricane and Florida State Seminole. I mean, they want to be number one. They don't want to be the third. Um, they have some scheduling potential issues here, a tough schedule. 
They have out-of-conference games against LSU and Florida, their traditional rivalry game. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote down uh, quarterback Jordan Travis, man. He, he was 5-2 and two in his last seven starts. The big problem, though, with their offense, I found in my research, was that uh, on third downs, they ranked 105th in the nation. Wow. Uh, problems on third down yep. with this offense. Yeah, it's never good when you can't convert <laughs> no, third downs. It, it I mean, kills drives, I mean, obviously. Coming from a Tennessee fan, I know about teams that can't get it done on third down. Um, again, this is not the reputation that Florida State wants. They, this is not what they're going to stand for. I know it doesn't feel like Norvell is on the hot seat, but I think that his seat will get progressively warmer as this year goes on. If he goes into some of these games that he's supposed to win, can he handle another 0-4 start? Uh, that week four game that you have pulled up on our screen uh, that says at Louisville? Yeah. That's a big swing game, man. It to is. To me it is. It really is. Uh, that's the one I'm at looking Louisville. at. Coming off the bye. Yeah. You set yourself up for the best success to get a win there. You're predicting a loss. That's going to hurt the season. Well, I mean, and, and again, we're talking about Boston College, how, you know, if their offensive line can get some stuff done, they got to go to Boston Co- or excuse me, Boston College comes into Tallahassee that next week. I mean, this could be a, a really big uphill battle for him this year, Mike Norvell, that is. And it's going to be interesting to see how impatient the FSU folks get. Parker does have a write-up on Florida State. Right here on the trusty iPhone, let me read Parker's take. Florida State, to me, it's what they get out of Jordan Travis, the quarterback. With other teams in the state, Florida and Miami both improving, it's still going to be a tough climb for Florida State. The strength of the team is their defense, but they lost a lot to the NFL draft, and they're very young on the defensive side. If they all hit, it could be a great year, maybe even a top 25 defense. But for me, I'm seeing just a six-win season, bowl eligible, six and six from Parker. Yeah, I've got them winning a couple of these 50-50 games and going seven and five. Um I'm thinking that they'll, you know, by flipping that five and seven to seven and five, maybe that'll hold the wolves off, so to speak, for another year for Norvell. Maybe give him an opportunity to get some more pieces to the puzzle in there. Um, but we will see. I mean, it, it, there's, like you said, there's some really interesting games to watch on the Seminole schedule this year to see how this is all going to pan out. Big time swing games in the ACC. Florida State finds themselves right in that pack, right in the fighting pack of the middle. Yep. I'm going Florida State comes out seven and five. All three of us think they're bowl eligible. Yep. We are moving on to Louisville. Last year, they earned a six and seven record, four and four in the ACC. Coach Satterfield, was the 2019 ACC Coach of the Year, and now Blake, he finds himself on a burning hot seat up in Kentucky. Yeah, he's really is on the hot seat. You know, looking at they've got uh, star quarterback Malik Cunningham. Um, he's very good, but you know, now he 
Coach is really relying on Malik and now with transfer tie on Evans from Tennessee to come in and really pick up some of the slack, some of the slack here uh, to try to keep his job. Um, I think he's going to, he's literally pulling out all the stops and he's not playing friends or anything with anybody this year. He's got to get in there and get some stuff done. He's got to get the defense better for sure. Giving up over 400 yards of offense in a game uh, is not a really good way to to guarantee success for sure. Scroll down just a little bit there. I want to look at the rushing here. There we go. Yeah. So uh, you're talking about Malik. Yep. Rushing dual threat. Wise. Dual threat. One thousand thirty-one yards and twenty touchdowns. Right. Yeah, and he threw for three thousand yards. Let me tell you what I found out in my research. Keep those numbers in mind. Coach Satterfield, as electric as this college football player is, and we're talking about college here, it's okay to have Mm -hmm. a dual threat. He is begging Malik to stay in the pocket during the spring. Yep. He doesn't want him to get hurt. He cannot. He doesn't need him to get hurt. But what a weapon, though. When we're talking college football, it is 100, in my mind, it is 100% okay to let your quarterback be an athlete. Well, I mean, this is Louisville. You know, we're talking about, I mean, would you tell Lamar Jackson Hell no. to stay in that pocket? Hell no. That's not who they are. This is part of their game. Part of their game is the threat that they can take off and beat you down, down the field. It's a bad look. Does he not release Malik until it's too late? And and then that's then then that's putting him in the situation where he may get hurt. If you have a consistent yeah. offensive mindset the entire year, it, it just probably plays out a lot better. I understand you're scared to hell that he's going to get hurt, but just like in life, you can't live life scared. Yeah, use him as a weapon. Yeah, let the defenses that are trying to game plan against you let them be scared. Yeah, let them figure it out. But I have a sneaky suspicion that. Uh, Coach is going to try to bring him in too much, and then he's going to not release him until it's too late. I totally agree, and that's why I've got him. I mean, look, as far as things go in this conference, like we've talked about, there's just so many teams that there's just not that much separating them. But I think this is actually one of those teams that, like you said, if he would loosen the reins a little bit on the leak, let him do his thing, I think that maybe they could – kind of pissing everybody's Cheerios a little bit. But I've going, got him going 6-6 six and six this year, and I don't know that that'll be enough to keep his job. Coach and the football squad have pissed in a lot of people's Cheerios, and guess who those people are, Blake? It's the fans. Mm-hmm. Last year, they had zero sellouts in Louisville. Yeesh. The fans are getting sick and tired of this. Here's another stat for you. They have lost three straight rivalry games to the Kentucky Wildcats by a combined 109 points. They're getting their ass handed to them in their own state. Coach is on the super hot seat. At best, I see six and six. Bowl eligible. It probably won't even be enough to save Coach. I think he gets fired right after the Kentucky game. Somebody else will be coaching their bowl game. Parker picks six and six bowl eligible. 
but uh, all all three of us have them at the same record. Um, I think it could be a little better if if we had any faith in the coaching staff, but yeah, it's, I, it's just stuck in the middle here. Coaches playing scared do not work out well at high level football. Nope. Clemson. The Clemson Tigers finished last year 10 and 3. They earned a 6 and 2 record in ACC play. I mean, this when you talk about this university to me, it starts at the top. Yep, with coach. Yep. And then right below that, you have to think about their quarterback. We talked about their quarterback quite a bit last year here on DDS Sports Talk and um it's imperative that DJ takes a step up. What do you see? Well, uh, first off, they have the luxury of being able to say a 10-win season was below their standards. Um, and they also have the, the great luxury of having that defense. Oh, there's no doubt. That, that defense makes your offense better. That defense is – It could be the best in the nation. It's a shoe-in at top four. Yeah. And even coach says that he is already predicting that at the end of this year, he believes seven defensive linemen are going to go to the NFL draft. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus, how many defensive it linemen is, do they, they have? Just, and they just keep churning them out. Seven. Look, this is going to be a formidable defensive front, and it will make it a little bit easier on the quarterbacks. But you mentioned DJ Ungalele. Um, uh, to say that he's been disappointing is an understatement. He's not the guy that everybody thought he was going to be, quite frankly. And I mean, you know, he finished last year with nine touchdowns and 10 interceptions and finished 95th in points per drive. Not a great way to keep make a living there at quarterback. Stay right there on DJ. <clears throat> yeah, straight, let's see what Parker's straight from Parker, he has some thoughts about your squad at Clemson and uh, on this first take specifically about DJ. Parker says, I quote, DJ looked like he had the yips last year. Mm. He was so bad that it was shocking to not only him, but most of the college football world. Yep. In 2020, when he started two games, he looked fantastic. 34% of his passes were catchable last year. That's only 34% were catchable. That's a, this is a high-level, top-tier Division One quarterback. He says that's six worst in the sample size of more than 100 quarterbacks. Parker loves stats. I love these drop-ins with that, man. Uh, it says that DJ is dropping some weight because he wants to come in at about 230. And at points last year, he was playing football games at 270 pounds. That, that's so he's to, looking to try to get back into better shape this year. So I, I want to say this because <laughs> Dabo has shown that he is not afraid to make a change. Okay. And I got you may think Trevor Lawrence replacing Kelly Bryant. If DJ does not get his act together very early. In this year, I see Cade Klubnik, freshman quarterback, very highly touted, number one uh, 
quarterback prospect in the nation in his class. He will be coming in in the first sign of trouble. They kind of view him as another Trevor Lawrence from what I understand. And again, Dabo's shown that he's not afraid to make this kind of move. Uh, particularly if it's if DJ shows the same uh, issues that he had last year, you know, the inaccuracy, the you I mean just not really mobile, uh, you know, throwing interceptions. It, it, we're, he's not going to settle for that. That's not that's not up to their standard anymore. He will not allow them to waste the good field position that this defense will inevitably give them. So I would be paying attention early on to how DJ does. DJ, you don't have to be the one-man show. Clemson returns all their top three running backs are coming back, including Will Shipley. They have the the luxury of four out of their five offensive linemen return. Yep. All of those things are a plus for you. You don't have to be the one-man show, but they are asking you to not be 270 pounds and, and throwing only 30% catchable passes, for God's sakes. Well, I mean, you know, it, we all know that the arm is there. Like, he has an incredible, like, one of the best arms as far as strength of the arm that we've ever seen. I mean, I'm thinking of, as a Tennessee guy, I'm thinking about Joe Milton has one of the be- biggest arms that I've ever seen, but he couldn't hit the broadside of broadside of a barn, as we say here in Tennessee. <laughs> and that is something that DJ st- struggling with too, is being able to kind of hone that arm in. Um, so I guess I'll go ahead and kick us off here. I think these guys are going to win the Atlantic 11 and one with a loss to Notre Dame. I am going to go... I'm going to go... Clemson goes 10-2, and which is enough to win the ACC Atlantic. Mm -hmm. And have Parker's pick right here. Okay. They have a new offensive play caller this year. Clemson's offense finished outside of the top 70 last year, and that is not happening again. It has to be better. They also have a new defensive play caller. Yep. You guys remember last year at this time when we were talking about Georgia's defense. He says, this year it's Clemson and it's not even close. We've already touched on that. Their schedule starts out of, it's just a bunch of cakewalks, he says. And almost like a preseason with Georgia Tech, Furman, and La Tech. He says, boys, this team's going 11 and 1. Yep. There you go. The D- DDS Sports Talk crew is bullish on Clemson. Yep. <clears throat> NC State. The Wolfpack. They earned the right at a 9 and 3 record, 6 and 2 in ACC play. Their quarterback, Devin Leary, returns. 35 touchdowns to only five interceptions. They lost Icky. Icky Kwanu to the NFL. Big time offensive lineman prospect. Their defense allows less than 20 points per game, which was number 14 nationally. They, from my research, are going to benefit big time from the COVID year rules. They have a lot of fifth-year players coming back to head up this squad. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, NC state is my dark horse for this division and possibly just the whole ACC in general. 
you mentioned uh, their quarterback, Devin Leary. He is returning after a really, really nice year last year. 3,500 yards passing, 65% completion rate, 35 touchdowns and five interceptions with a 157 rating. Man, oh man, you know, last year it was Pitt and Wake Forest. Those were kind of the dark horses. This year it's going to be the Wolfpack. You know, they got almost all of their defense returning. Uh, that, like you said, finished 15th in points per drive, as well as most of their O-line. So, I mean, it's everything is in place for them, in my opinion, for them to be that team that absolutely spoils a lot of folks. Uh, <laughs> oh, Parker. Parker's Parker. got something to say here. Let me hear it. Parker has a little write-up on your team, NC State. He says, gentlemen, NC State hasn't won an ACC title since 1979. Their quarterback is starting to be mocked in the first round of next year's NFL draft. And sneakily, this squad has a top 10 defense and a top five run defense. And that's with injuries. They lost about half of their defensive starters throughout the season last year. Only game they won't be favored in is the game against Clemson. I'm very close to picking NC State to win the ACC. I'm going to hold on to his prediction for just a minute. All right. Well, I'm going to start us Parker's off here. Parker's bullish. I'm very bullish on, on them this year, man. They, they, they're that well, type the of key team. Game, he've already talked about it. The key game is week five yeah. at Clemson. Yeah. That That's the make or break. Who could, who could win the Atlantic? I, yeah, I think everybody's going to be watching that game. I really do. Because right now, that's the only game I got them losing. Okay. We've got them going eleven and one, but they're going to lose the, tie- the They're going to lose the tiebreaker as a result of that loss. Clemson wins the Atlantic. Wow. Um, I'm going. I'm going NC State nine and three. You will be second in the ACC Atlantic. Parker says. Remember, he said, I'm very close to picking NC State to win the ACC. He's predicting a 10-2 and two finish. Just that one game behind Clemson. Man. Big things. Big expectations yeah. there for NC State. Lots of expectations. Moving on to Wake Forest. They are in the right of 11-3 and three last year. Who the hell would have predicted that? No, like I said, we they were the kind of the dark horse last yeah. year. Seven and one in the ACC. Coach Dave Clawson. He says, and I quote, "The days of sneaking up on people are over for Wake Forest." But that's a testament to you, your coaching staff, what you have built at. It's not really a perennial football power, no, right? No, not at all. They may be known more for golf than they are for, okay. for football. Let's um, talk about their quarterback a little bit. Yeah, Sam Hartman. Very, very, very good year last year. We're looking at over 4,000 yards, a 58%, almost 60, right on the edge of 60% uh, completion percentage there, and 39 to 14 touchdown to interception ratio, 148 rating. He alone will keep them in a lot of games this year. But new defensive coordinator this year, Brad Lambert, he's going to have to retool their defense because that is their weak point right now. They they were giving up over 400 yards a game. Yeah. Uh, their offense 
Offense I mean, is good. I mean, offense is going to be good. I mean, you can't say a lot. I mean, they actually, in my research, it shows they averaged over 41 points per game, uh, fourth in yeah, the nation. Exactly. Uh, the, the question, of course, I wrote down question mark is defense was 88th, 111th against the run. Yeah, that's tough. Yikes. That's going to be tough. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of clock burning off the play, the uh, game clock. If you can't control the line of scrimmage, then it's going to be a long day and, and, and Sam can't do anything but be in shootouts. It seems like the yeah. entire year. Yeah. You're putting your, you're putting a lot of, not that he can't handle the pressure, but you're putting all your chips on him, which I get it. He's good enough that you can do that. But I mean, it's tough when you say that how your quarterback goes is how your entire season is going to go. So you're expecting him to follow up his stellar year last year with another another stellar year. I'm not so sure if that's going to happen or not. What's Parker had to say? I think that they put back a they they bring back another. I'm going to call it great season. Okay. Is it 11 win season? No, I'm not predicting that. But uh, I think it's going to be a great season. Let's see, Parker. Parker picks. He says defending division champs here. And their main man, Sam Hartman, is coming back under center. But it's not just the quarterback, gentlemen. Wake Forest also brings back more starters on this high-flying offensive side of the ball than anyone else in the ACC. However, that offense can't continue to get as lucky. He uses the word lucky as they got. And their defense last year may have forced 29 turnovers, but if they can't, get the turnover, then they're in trouble. They gave up a lot of touchdowns and a ton of yards on the ground, as we already mentioned. Parker is predicting regression. He sees Wake Forest as an eight-win team. He's going eight and four. That is exactly what I have as well. I've got him going eight and four. Still a really good year by most school standards, particularly Wake Forest, where you don't necessarily think that they're, like you said, a perennial football powerhouse. So I still think it's a good year. Uh, now, is there the possibility that they could take a try to get close to equaling last year? That's going to be a long shot, I think. Could they get to nine or 10 wins? You know, looking at their schedule, I guess maybe they could get to nine, maybe 10, but they're going to have to pull off some some wins on the road for sure. I've forecasted Wake Forest to go nine and three in the Atlantic and tied with NC State for that second spot. I just think a combination of things here of uh, you're not sneaking up on anybody this year. And the questions on defense, man. I if that defense could hold up a little bit better, the better than the one hundred and eleventh against the run, may have had some more faith in you. Totally agree. So, who do we have in the ACC championship? Um, so, me and Parker have like, Clemson, right? And I do, too. So, we all have Clemson. Yep. And then, I think, did me and Parker both have uh, Miami? Miami. Yep. And I had North Carolina. Okay. So, for me, I don't think that Miami is going to be able to stand on the same sa- stage as Clemson. I don't think that they can handle that defense. Uh, I think that defense is something special, uh, no matter who Clemson has at quarterback, and I think they win the ACC fairly easily. 
Uh, we talked about the coastal being a toss-up, and that's exactly what I think that is, where I had to make the decision about North Carolina at the last second. Clemson's in a different class. Clemson represents the ACC. By the main, do they make it to the college football playoff? In my scenario, at 10-2, and two, they're on the bubble. But you both have them at 11-1. They're in the conversation. And the title. Yeah. So that's pretty – that's pretty damn strong. 11 and 1. 11 and wins would be 12 and 1 at that point, right? So 12 and 1. 12 wins. That's that's got to be enough to get in. I, and to a four team playoff, that's got to be enough. You would think, you know, but, you know, a lot gotta of be. sympathy for, for the poor Pac 12. You know, what if they have a team that has nine, 10 wins? Yeah, but who do they beat? <laughs> Arizona State, Arizona. Stanford, Can we just say it? The Pac-12 State. Is, the, the, the Pac-12 is dead. Right? It's dead. Apparently it is. I mean, USC and UCLA think it's dead. Bye. They go into the B1G. Someone, I mean, who gives a flying F about the, the Pac-12 anymore? But anyways, this is about the ACC, though. We'll get into all that later. But I think we all have, yeah, we all have Clemson as the ACC champs. Uh, and, I have them on the bubble of the playoffs yeah. at 11 and one with the championship. I think you and Parker, it's got to be, it's got to be in there. You would think, got to be in there you at 11 and one with the title. I would hope so. I would hope so. Well, that was the Atlantic. That was the Atlantic division of the ACC. I think you got some good squads in the Atlantic. Yeah, I do. I do. You know, they, they've got a lot of up and coming teams that I feel like have, I mean, they've got the tools to be able to take the next step and compete on a national level, really do. But guys, we really appreciate you joining us for this, our ACC Atlantic Division 2022 prediction show. We appreciate you again. Go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button down there on your way out. Really helps us out. Hit the Rumble button on Rumble. Check us out on all our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Go ahead and download all the audio versions of these podcasts on your favorite podcasting platform. Newberry, final thoughts on the way out. Hey, we appreciate you coming to the end here. Go back and check out the Coastal Predictions. Blake will have bookmarked for you in times where you can skip ahead to your favorite team. Get interactive with us. We'll talk with you. Let's show the B1G folks. Hey, you guys love football. We'll interact with you, Parker, myself, Blake. Let's get the conversation going. Let's show these B1G videos that the ACC means more than the B1G. It's all up to you. We're here to take your comments and questions. Absolutely, you guys. And, hey, be ready out there. We're going to be having the SEC preview show coming up in short order as well. But until then, two-tone blue all the way. You guys be well. Be well.